Good, how are you? Amen. Today's a special day. Today we celebrate our graduates. It's important for us to uh, not just remember them, but for us to show our appreciation for them. It's also important that we let them know how much we care and how much we've prayed for them. I've entitled this sermon, uh, Living for God. And we'll be in Joshua, chapter 1. But we're here today to celebrate Parker Willis, who graduates from middle school. Jeremiah Arms, who graduates from elementary. And Kenley, who graduated from high school. I've been spending the last few day, days trying to remember my high school graduation. I can't remember. I can barely remember anything. I'm so old. But I, knew that, I do know that my parents were proud because I made it through. And, and I know her parents were proud, but Kenley just didn't go to college. I mean, you got to go to high school. She crushed it. And so if you see, she's wearing some special decorations on her robe. And Kenley graduated from Covington High School and finished fifth in her class with a 3.6 GPA. The black and gold cord is for nursing. Uh, for nursing aid from the JRTC. She became a licensed CNA by passing her state boards. One gold cord is for being an honor graduate. The second gold cord in Burgundy Soul and medal is from the National Honor Society. Kelly plans on furthering her education at Mountain Gateway where she will study to become a registered nurse. Uh, in the emergency room after graduation. Lofty goals from a special young lady. I want you to know we will be praying for you as you enter into your next phase of your life. It's important for you to know that you need to live for God. So let's read Joshua chapter 1. Starting with verse 1. The Bible says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise and go over this Jordan, uh, thou and all, the, these, all this people, and to the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot tread, shall tread upon, that have I given to you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even into the great river, the, great, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and into the great sea, uh, towards the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. And I, as I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage, for unto this people shall uh, thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto uh, their fathers to give them. 
only by thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe and do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to, to do the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe and do according to all that is written therein. For when thou uh, shalt make thy great uh, make thy way prosperous, and then shall thou shalt have good success. Have I not commanded thee? Be, of, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for loving us. Father, we thank you so much for being our God. Not just uh, creating everything, Father, but because you love us. Because we're special to you. So special you sent your son to die for us. And Father, as we read this and understand that we need to live for you, let us just see what you do for us on a daily basis. That you're with us, that you take care of us, that you watch over us, that you're guiding and directing us. And Lord, if we want a life that is pleasing to you, a life that is satisfaction for us, it's a life that we live for you. Now, Father, bless our time here together. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today I'm speaking to our graduates, but God's Word has something for all of us. We're all called to live for God. And as you uh, have your whole life ahead of you, God wants you to have the best life you can possibly have. Your parents have given you a solid foundation. Your family provides great support. Your church family provides prayers and encouragement. But only God can direct your life moving forward. And God has plans for all those who will live for him. So how do we live for God? Well, first of all, you must see the victory God wants, you to, wants for you. Look at verses 1 through 3 again. It says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore rise and go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, and to the land which I uh, give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given to you, as I said unto Moses. Moses was faithfully served, faithfully served God for over 40 years, but now he's gone. Now it was time for the new generation to rise up and to win victories that God has prepared for them. And this is the time for victory. Day by day, from faith to faith, God passes the torch from one generation to the next, a generation of believers. It sometimes, I sometimes try to picture this church being led by the next generation. Now is the time for you to dedicate yourself to the cause of Christ. Colossians 3.17 says, And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. It says, whatever you decide to do, do it in the name of Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God. I talked to children this morning in Sunday school, and I was telling them, I said, 
God doesn't call everybody to be pastors or, or missionaries, but God calls everybody to live for Him. He calls you to be doctors and lawyers and nurses and, and construction workers. He calls you to do all those things. But He wants you to do that for Him, with Him in your heart, with Him in your life, uh, talking about Him, witnessing for Him, sharing Him with other people. He wants you to have this centered life around Him as you go off and do what you need to do. Get a vision of the victory that He wants for you and commit yourself to win these victories. God tells Joshua to lead the people over the Jordan into the Promised Land. He is to know that everywhere he goes, God will give him the land he steps on. And this challenge is not just for young people. Joshua was over 60 years old when God told him to rise up and go. And if you wake up in the morning and believe that God has new victories in store for you, dedicate yourself to win these physical and spiritual uh, victories. He has new opportunities for his people to go and to help and to serve and to give and and Kinley shows a humble servant's heart as she cares for those who are hurting already. And as she's dedicated her life now to a, to a profession where she puts others first. Where she wants to help. And God has opportunities for you to make a difference in the lives of others. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 36 through 38, it says, But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore that the Lord of harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Jesus looked out and had compassion on people and said, I just have to help them. Uh, they're lost. They have no shepherd. They have no direction. They have no purpose. He wants to give us direction and purpose. He wants to give us the victory of knowing that whatever we do in his name, he has already taken care of the, the, the he's already made the way and provided the victory before we even get, get started. He's looking for laborers to work for him to help others. Clear vision and dedication gives us the best opportunity to, get, to live a life pleasing to God. Without a vision, you will come to the end of your life and wonder, what could I have done? Or, or, or what should I have done? And it's not always about what we're doing, but why we're doing it. You can make decisions all day long on what you want to do and what is best for you. But if you think about why you're doing it, are you doing it for the Lord? Are you doing it to lead someone to Christ? Are you doing it to change someone's life? Are you, are you doing it to show someone a better way? Are you doing it to help others? That's pleasing to God. I like this. I read this someplace. It said, no one would want to spend all day long filling sandbags. There's no glamour in that. Uh, there's, no, there's no joy in that. But what if those bags were used to secure a levee to keep the city from being flooded? Makes a difference, doesn't it? It's not what you're doing, but why you're doing it. And God is preparing you to carry the gospel to those who need salvation. And God wants you to help people get connected to Jesus Christ so that they can be saved through all eternity. 
God has all kinds of victories planned for you. If you will allow him to give you a vision like he gave Joshua. Second, take courage in God's promises and his presence. God has many opportunities for us, but uh, there will also be challenges and opposition. And when we try to follow God's plan for our life, we find sometimes that there's just obstacles in the way. Look at verse 4. From the wilderness uh, and this Lebanon, even into the great river, the river Euphrates, uh, all the land of the Hittites and into uh, the, the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your coast. Joshua and the children of Israel are going into enemy territory. They've been roaming around in the wilderness for 40 years, but now they're getting ready to cross over into Jordan in land that's occupied by other nations. The challenge may seem great, but they must depend on God's promises to take great comfort in knowing that he goes with them. God says, this is your land. I give this land to you. I know there's people there now, but it's your land. Go and possess it. And not just go, but I'm going with you. It's, it's the knowledge of knowing that, that we can trust what God tells us to do. His promises, he don't lie. He tells us what is true, and we can trust in him. And we also know that he is with us every step of the way. So those children, we can be, have courage because he's with us. Look at verses uh, 6 and 7. It says, Be strong and of good courage, for into this people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land, which I swear... Uh, which I swear unto your fathers to give them. Only be uh, thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe and do according to all the law, which Moses, my servant, command thee, turn not from to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This reminds us that it would take much courage for Joshua to go forward. It takes courage to be a Christian living for God. Listen, the hardest thing we do is take that first step. All right? And we're the, we're the type of people, God's made us that way, so where we have something we need to do, we, we, we analyze, we study, we, we, get a, we see the risk and we see the reward and we try to figure out if this is the best thing to do. Now, if you look at the children of Israel, they had a couple million people women and children, and, and older people. And there's no one, there's no soldiers. They had no weapons in that wilderness. They're just wandering around. And now they're getting ready to cross over a river into a land where there's armies and, and nations and walled cities. And if they sit and think about it, there's absolutely no reason they think they can go and take that land. There's no reason to cross that river. Because danger was there. Death was there waiting on them. They would be destroyed. If it was not for the fact that God said, go and take, because I give and I'll be with you. The courage is not what he sees. The courage comes from what we know of who God is, his character, his love, his grace, his mercy, his provision, knowing that he goes with us. But there's a cost to doing the will of God. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12 through 14, it says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials which is to uh, try you, as though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering, that 
when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their, on their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. Peter tells us that don't, be, don't, don't think it's strange when, when people turn on you, when, when friends betray you, when, when people uh, uh, curse you and hate you because you stand for Jesus Christ. Because you're partakers in his suffering. The suffering of Christ is vindication that we are in his will and he is with us. When Israel crossed the Jordan, it was a declaration of war. There were seven nations in, in, in that country they were going to, ready to meet them and to keep them from taking the land. And it would take Israel 14 years of warring with these nations. But we have to understand that our Christian life is a, our life is a fight. Ephesians 6.12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against the powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. The battle is within us. The battle is not the people around us who hate God. The battle is within us trying to get us to do what God calls us to do, to stand on faith in his word and promises. It's a blessing, but it's also a lifelong battle. And if you want victory, you must fight. And it takes courage to do what God calls you to do. And we can find this courage in God's promises and his presence. Look at verse 5. Verse 5 says, There shall not be any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. What a great promise this is. This promise here was for Joshua. But there are over a thousand promises in the word of God. And we need to hold on to them. God promised to be with Joshua. But Jesus promised to be with us. In Matthew 28, 20 it says, Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. I mean, that's security, isn't it? The minute you accept Christ as your Savior, He's with you until the very end. And you're, He's with you through all eternity, so there is no end. He's with you from now forever. And every decision in your life can be made with God's direction if you have enough faith to ask. He will give you direction. Proverbs 3.6 says, In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your path. Our safest place in this world is fully submitted to the will of God. To trust in his promises. Trust in his provision. Trust in his presence. Third, you must fill your heart and mind with God's word. Look at verse 8. Verse 8 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe and do according to all that is written therein. For when thou uh, shalt make thy way prosperous, and then shalt thou have good success. God wants us to be fully committed to learn his word and to live by it. I read some statistics while I was getting, preparing this sermon 
It says only 18% of Christians read their Bible daily. 57% do not read the Bible other than uh, when they're at church. And here the Lord is telling us to meditate on His Word. And meditating here simply means spending time every day focused on the Scripture, reading and studying the Bible. Let God's Word touch your lips and your mind so that it can touch your heart and your actions. Meditate day and night with dedication. Study expecting to be moved to act on His Word. And there's so much on here we can, in the Word of God we can study and meditate on. We need to meditate on God's warning, warnings like in Galatians 6, 7, and 8 where it says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, uh, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall, uh, shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. With free will comes uh, a choice. Who will you serve? God or self? He warns us here. He said you can serve the flesh. It's temporary. It'll just corrupt you. But you can uh, serve the Spirit. Serve God. And you'll reap everlasting life. Another warning. 1 Peter 5.8 Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He's just walking around, roaring, roaring lies and deceit on people, making them believe things that are not true, making them think that uh, God is not all-powerful, make, make them think God doesn't give eternal life, make, think, make them think that God doesn't care about them. But God's Word hidden in your heart is the best way to drown out that roaring lion. Every time you, he says something, that's what Jesus did when, when Jesus was tempted. Every time Satan would, would say something to him, he'd counter with God's word. Meditate on God's wisdom for life. Matthew 8, I mean Matthew 11, 28 and 29 says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your soul." No matter what chaos this life may bring, we have the promise of rest in God's presence. Isn't it a wonderful thought? It doesn't matter what happens, doesn't matter what disaster happens, what problems come up, uh, it doesn't matter because we can come to Him for rest. In the presence of God, He gives us a rest. And we can meditate on God's great works, the creation in Genesis and all the miracles all through the Bible that he did. But mostly meditate on the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Meditate on his suffering for us. Meditate on his call for us. Matthew 6.33 But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Everybody has things they want to do, places they want to go, things they want to see. But our very first obligation is to seek ye first the kingdom of God. And then we'll see how God opens up our life to the things that mean so much to us. If we put him first. And the answer to all your questions is to put God first and live for him. And finally, 
You must rest in God's assurance. Look at verse 9. Have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Uh, be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Rest on God's assurance. It's like God here is saying, did you get that, Joshua? Did you get what I just said to you? Do you understand everything I just told you, what I'm giving you and what, what, what you have and the promises and, the, and my, my presence in your life? Do you get it? Sometimes we're slow in picking up on things. Ask Missy. She'll tell you how slow I am in picking up on things. She has to hit me over the head sometimes for me to give, give me to understand some things. But we're all slow sometimes. But God is so patient to tell us over and over the thing we need to know. Over and over, the Lord tries to reassure us. Seek the Lord. Trust the Lord. Wait on the Lord. He really is the God of the second chance. And Joshua knew about second chances. It had been about... He had been there about 40 years ago. Joshua had been one of the 12 spies that made it to the Jordan, was crossed over into the promised land to, to check it out. And Joshua and Caleb were the only two uh, spies who come back and said, yeah, we can do this because God promised it to us. But the people listened to the other ten cowardly spies who says, we can't do this. There's walled cities and giants over there. And Joshua spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness with the children of Israel. But now he has a second chance. David got a second chance after he sinned against Bathsheba. Jonah got a second chance after running from God. Peter got a second chance after denying Jesus three times. Thank God that our failures are not always final. He has given me dozens of second chances in my life. Sometimes we make mistakes and we wish we could go back and undo the damage we've caused. But here God says, no. But you can't go forward. Joshua can't go back and change history. He can't go back 40 years and make them go across the River Jordan like they should have. But he can go now. He, he can lead them now. That's what we need to do. We look back on the, on the, the struggles. We look back on the, the accomplishments we've had. We look back on our friends and the joy we had and all the things we've been through. But God says you need to focus on forward and what I have planned for you and where you need to go now and go with me and live for God. So today, God wants you to move forward living for Him, to see the victories that God wants for you, to take courage in God's promises and in His presence and fill your heart with God's Word and rest in God's assurance. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Where are you at today in your walk with the Lord? <clears throat> How many times have you come to your place in your life when you woke up, whoa, I can't do this. I, I can't, I'm, I'm stuck, I can't go any farther, I can't do this. We forget what God has given us. His word, his security, his promises in, his body, in, the, in the word of God. 
God asks us to just trust in him and take that step forward. It doesn't matter what the world says about you. It doesn't matter what happens. The only thing that matters is that you're faithful to believe that he has a hold of you, that he'll never let go of you, that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. He'll never lead you into danger. He'll lead you into the way of his will. God wants to use us to help others to see they need a relationship with Jesus Christ. He wants to use us to reach down and pick up someone who's hurting and help them physically and spiritually. He wants us to be like Christ, to look over the world and see compassion. And not just see it, but let it move us. Let it move our hearts. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this time, Father. I thank you for your precious word. Lord, I thank you for Kenley. Lord, she's, she's worked so hard these 12 years to graduate. And we see the accomplishments, Father. She's dedicated her life now to a service that cares for others. That's commendable. It shows her heart. Father, as a, as a church and her church family, we ask now, Lord, that we continue to pray for her. We lift her up to you. Because it's a hard world we live in. Satan's roaring. But he can't drown out your word if we keep it in our heart. Lord, I pray your blessings upon her and her family. I pray your blessings upon our church as we move forward. Father, help us do all we can to live for you. For it's in Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen.